Welcome to the Potluck Podcast, live from the front porch, new front porch, out by the border of Jackson and Madison. Perhaps some new sounds amongst the thousands of crickets, tree frogs, and other creatures of the night. Probably won't hear any cars anymore. We're quite a way off. We're the road. at least a good drive off a good good uh, good driver yeah. off off the road. Maybe a little further than that. So. The cars won't be won't be a featured guest anymore on the Potluck podcast, unfortunately. But maybe we'll get an occasional dog or coyote. Who can say? We got a mega high school football preview today for your listening pleasure. Let's go. Listening to the Potluck Podcast, the official, unofficial podcast of Commerce Football. Yes, yes, indeed, the sweet, sweet sounds of Eye of the Tiger, Survivor. Uncle Song, how we doing? Doing good tonight, Dano. Uh, it's been a little bit of a a while since we got out here on the front porch, so it's nice to be back. I kind of got a little bit of the old pregame jitters on the way up uh, from the house, uh, but I'm I'm raring to go, ready to talk some commerce football, Northeast Georgia football. Excited for this 2021 season, especially since we, we, we it's been a really long time since we recorded at night like this. Yeah, it's since the, about, since the emergency pod. Yeah, it has. It's been. Gosh, that's been five months almost. Hard to believe. It is. So where we left off, uh, we've had a scrimmage, mm-hmm. and Uncle Son, you were you were there. I couldn't make it. You were there. I watched some of the highlights, but I'll let you take this segment over and uh, you tell us about the scrimmage. Tell the folks. Yeah. So uh, last Friday night, uh, myself and the Commerce Faithful traveled down to Bethlehem, Georgia, to Appalachia High School to challenge the Wildcats of Bethlehem High School. Uh, it was a Bethlehem super... High School. Or, excuse me, Appalachia High School. Rocky Man. start, much like the scrimmage. Um, <laughs> it was a super sunny evening. A little town. Um, yeah. But cooler than expected at 81 degrees. Uh, do they still do the big drive-through thing at Christmas? Yeah, so they they do. I think they do a light show, and they also do like a special post office canceling st- stamp. So like if you do Christmas cards, you can get oh. like a little town of Bethlehem, Georgia. Like you wouldn't know stamp. about that. Anyways, continue. Uh, <laughs> captains for the Tigers this past Friday night were uh, Draylon Martin. Mason Gaddis and Landon Hardy, all veterans. Uh, they led the team out onto the field. Uh, Appalachie won the toss, but deferred, and we got the ball. Um, I was interested to see how we'd start out. You know, Commerce's offense has been very predictable at times, especially formation-wise, but in a good way, in a familiar way. Uh, we opened up in the flex bowl with two split ends, uh, one on each side. That's something we haven't seen in a while. Uh, we Under Coach Brown, we were really tidy and heavy. Um, the first possession, didn't we didn't get much going. Uh, we punted, and uh, Jabari Little was our punter. Uh, but there was no live punt because they don't have live punts in a scrimmage. 
Um, on our first defensive possession, we didn't do much better than the offense's first possession. Uh, Appalachie gashed us quickly, but they stalled around our 40 after two fumbles, uh, which they recovered. They punted. The game went like this for the rest of the first quarter, uh, back and forth, but the Tigers finally caught traction about a minute into the second quarter. Senior outside linebacker Kamani Horn applied good pressure off the edge and forced a bad throw. The ball wobbled through the air, and senior defensive back Trey Garnto intercepted the pass, and the Tigers started rolling. Yeah, a name, Kamani Horn, his name's in here a couple of times. Um, what what you I mean? You think he he's got a pretty good impact this year? I know last year, you know, he didn't he really didn't have too much of an impact, but it seems like he was out there making some plays. Yeah, uh, Kamani plays confidently. You can tell that he hasn't had a lot of in game experience recently, but he gets out on the field and he makes athletic plays. Whether he was he was toting the ball uh, last week and from the slot back position uh, looked good toting ball. And then mm-hmm. on defense, came off the edge really well. Um, I didn't get the chance to watch him a whole lot because I was I was tweeting, um, but he looked good on that play. He can't got a good rush, bull rush, came unblocked, uh, and and caused some pressure. Uh, after after the interception, Commerce got to work on offense. Draylon Martin opened it up with uh, big run and uh, Kamani Horn as well, pushed the Tigers down the field. Then, with 8.21 left in the first half, senior transfer quarterback Landon Bunn. The double transfer. The double transfer. The transfer. 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 (laughs) Triple, really. When did he transfer before? We transferred from Commerce to Jackson. No, yeah, no, you're right. No, was he ever at East? I think he was at East Jackson for a little while. I think, for for some reason, something's telling me that, but I may be wrong. But he's he's at least a double transfer. At least. Yeah. <laughs> so Landon Bunn found Draylon Martin. Did Landon Bunn start? I uh, see. This is where I was why missing were, you. Song, I was why missing you. Why, why were you even? There? I got rushed. It was it was a long drive over there. Well, I mean, I barely got it in. It seems like he did. I think I think Landon Bunn started. started. Okay, uh, but I'm not I know sure. that was a question mark too between him and, and, and Garnto. Was kind of like a who's gonna who's gonna play, and they both played. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, they, continue. Sorry, keep interrupting. Oh, it's okay. <coughs> uh, Bowen found Draylon Martin down the seam uh, for a 19-yard touchdown completion, and freshman kicker Tyshawn Wiggins entered the game to attempt the PAT. It was good. Tigers led 7 to nothing. Uh, Appalachia responded quickly, though, with many long runs on a lightning-fast drive. Their quarterback penetrated the end zone with a one-yard touchdown rush, PAT was also good, and we had a 7-7 tie with 5-18 left in the first half. We went back and forth with limited success the rest of the half. Uh, Appalachia tried a field goal, but they missed it right before the half. Um, Appalachia got the ball after the half. They knew what to do with it. Uh, They came out quick and and scored by slicing right through the Tiger defense. Uh, they had a really good-looking running back named uh, Colby Sykes who rushed for a 38-yard touchdown, um, and the PAT was good. So they actually got the lead on us 14-7, to just 96 seconds into the third quarter. Um, at this point, I really felt like the game kind of took a turn. 
I felt like Commerce kind of woke up a little bit offensively. Um, we, we put together probably our best drive of the night after Appalachia scored that touchdown. Uh, it lasted eight minutes and eight seconds and went 75 yards for a touchdown. Uh, the drive was highlighted by a tough running out of the Tiger backfield um, with Garnto at the quarterback, Martin and freshman Jabo Daniels on the wings, and junior Jack Fagan at the fullback. Uh, Garnto actually competed, completed a pass on the drive, and Draylon scored with a 14-yard rush as Wiggins kicked the PAT. 14 all. Um, Commerce defense improved. You know, we, we talked about I talked about how uh, it was a slow start for the defense, but we improved as we entered the fourth quarter. And junior Tiger linebacker Cole Hill made a big tackle on third down about a minute into the fourth quarter, and uh, that brought up fourth down for Appalachia, and they punted. Uh, the B-Bombers kind of came in at that point in the game. And uh, I actually, I sat next to Peak, Skylar Peak, and, and we were talking about this, how when the B-Bombers go into the game, it's kind of like when you're in a dirt track race and the four-cylinders come out. Uh, because it, it was just, it was a whole different type of ball game. But uh, the B-Bombers held their own and cemented the 14-14 tie, uh, and that was the game. Fagan. Fullback, Fagan at fullback. Also had uh, how, how, how was that? I, I think that I, th- I, I think I like it. I liked it. Um, played fullbacks. a lot of linebacker last year. I know most people remember that, but just in case you don't, uh, played a lot of linebacker last year and kind of kind of taking that role over to fullback now. Pretty much the whole game, or they kind of so they did a little rotation. Time. Yeah, you had uh, Shockey Malachi Shockey mm-hmm. also in at the fullback. Uh, number 21, I believe. Um, he he was in more towards the early part of the game, Fagan later. Um, we did, we've done something with our alignment where the, the fullback is in a four-point stance now instead of a three-point stance, and he's right on the heel of the quarterback. So I think Fagan handled that difference better uh, because Shockey was having a little bit – when he toted the ball, he was having a hard time seeing – like having vision uh-huh. on the field because he was so close to the quarterback. Yeah. But I, I did like faking at the fullback. It's interesting. I'm, I'm ready to see a little bit more. Like I said, I you know, I saw some of the highlights. There wasn't a whole lot. I mean, I watched Draylon's highlights package too and just looking at some of the formations and some of the differences and how we're blocking, how we're lining up and talking to a few of the coaches, even down at like the middle school level, yeah. going up into some of the guys from high school and, just different numbers, learning different, you know, different gaps and that kind of thing. So I know, you know, you know, there's going to be, it'll be a massive improvement from this game until thanks, but you know, yeah. and who knows, you could see different players in different positions. Yeah, uh, the things that really stuck out to me were you could tell how young we were on the field. Like right. you can tell we're only returning five starters. Right. And there's 22 positions out there. Uh, some of those guys play both ways, but you got to find but a not, lot of I mean, new yeah, players. Not only that, but, man, just all the stuff that's been going on. you got a new coach, and how many times have they been able to get in there and, like, have a full workout well, with they everything are, going on yeah, with the field house? With the field house. Us updates. And, like, they've only had, at the time of the scrimmage, they'd only had four practices in pads. In pads, right. Um, so that, that 
you know, we talk about missed tackles and we talk about sloppiness. That's understandable at this They'll point. They'll work that season. out. They will work that the out. The 14-14 to 14 tie is probably the best thing that could happen for both teams and no one got hurt. And right. They're, they're just trying to fit. And I, I think Coach Hollers mentioned that too. Like, no one got hurt, so that's like the biggest winner of the night is yeah. like both teams. <laughs> so, you know, these things, it's just kind of like plugging people in, seeing how it actually comes together against somebody else. Yeah. Um, does that wrap it up for Appalachia? What else you got? Closing thoughts? Um, I, I think we saw the quarterback situation a little bit. You got two different styles there. Uh, you got Bun, who's more of an athlete, and I'm, that's no disrespect to Trey Garnto because Trey Garnto's athletic in a different way. Uh, but Bun's more of a Johnny Manziel type guy. Remind, if Commerce fans, he reminds you a little bit of Reuben Haynes in the way that he can stretch the field with his arm. And he can also get it done with his legs and has that instinct, has that, you know, rec- ability to recognize the defense and see that the linebackers have dropped into coverage and there's they're t- a, take the ball. There's a there's a playmaker and there's a game manager. Right. And Commerce has succeeded with both of those types of quarterbacks in its history. Right. So both those guys can, can probably lead this offense. Mm-hmm. It's just about who you who's going to win the job. And who fits better with the players that you have. Right. Uh, and yeah, Garnto's more of that game manager. You think about him, you think more about like somebody like Rob Brown at quarterback. Um, somebody who can run the offense really well with right. the timing. Or even like Trey Huff last year. Or Trey Huff last year. He's Trey. The same kind of player. Yeah. Um, and it seemed, to, it seemed to be that way, We you know, for the last several years. I think that the, the more of a game manager just don't turn the ball over, don't Take, make mistakes, yeah. know where you're supposed to be, know where the ball's supposed to go, know your reads. Mm-hmm. Just the most important stuff. But like you said, we've had plenty of quarterbacks when we were in our age of growing up and even before that that were big play guys. But yeah. they, not to say that they're not – they don't know the reads. It's just that they're, they're, they can make a, some more plays that are a little bit different than – than maybe what you would see in a traditional option quarterback. Right. I think if you look back over Coach Brown's tenure, you see that he was more of a game manager quarterback. Right. And if you talking about when you were younger, if you look at Coach Savage's history, he was more of an athletic quarterback. He yeah. certainly had some game manager quarterbacks in there. Yeah. But if he could get an athletic quarterback, he'd take it. Right. Um, I mean, at the end, again, at the end of the day, they both can. They're both capable of playing, winning football. They're both capable of making all the plays we need to to win. It's just about, like like we said at the beginning of this conversation, it's just about who's going to win the job and who who, who fits best with the guys that are, that are there. So yeah. we'll see how that unfolds. Um, so there's there's really – there's two things. That have happened. There's two, well, there, no, there's two things that here, – here at the Potluck Podcast that we hate. One is Jefferson. And two is kicking off at seven thirty at Ray Lamb Stadium. <laughs> is that where we want to go next? That's yeah, the big news. That's the next on the docket. I mean, we talked about the things where we left off. We had a scrimmage, and we had this announcement of making a change. So, if anybody's uh, unfamiliar, which I think most of our listeners already know, that commerce is kicked off at eight o'clock. Since Decades. at least 1965, probably earlier than that, I would imagine it was whenever they got lights. It's probably when they started <laughs> kicking off at eight, right? Well, 
the 65 number is important because that's when Tiger Field was built. Right. At, at the current high school location. And we know that it they had lights there. Right. Um, I don't know about lights where they used to play so, at the I mean, it probably honestly probably was 65. Let's just sit, let's go with that. I know that's, you know, that's, that's a long time since, you know, 8 o'clock. And um, do you want to touch on just some of the uh, things that from the Banner Herald at all? or Yeah, so before, Mr. Smith? before we get started with this conversation, um, we, we chose to do this podcast tonight because it's it's a preview podcast, but we also wanted to wait a week or so after this announcement cool because we wanted cooler heads to prevail. <laughs> when, when I first heard this that this was happening, we were moving set from set eight o'clock to seven thirty. I was mad, like I, I I was at the open practice at Commerce High School, and I was visibly upset, and I let my emotions get the best of me. <laughs> And I don't like to do that. I'd, I'd like for logic to prevail. So we wanted to sit down and talk about this logically. Yeah. So we've, we've come up with a list of pros for the 7.30 kickoff. So we want to do, do pros and cons first well, before well, we say anything about any of the quotes. Do you have any of the quotes written down? I don't have any of the quotes. I, I wanted to avoid the quotes because I wanted <laughs> to avoid getting mad. <laughs> I think the quotes were the... I can pull them I up. I think the quotes, are, based on who I've talked to, I think the quotes are the, the thing. No, we don't need to pull it up. Listen, if you want to, if you want to see the quotes, just go read the Banner Herald. Uh, what's it? What's the? It's called yeah. Online Athens. Online Athens. Um, the the article is entitled "Breaking from Tradition: Tradition Why Commerce Football Days yeah, Changed." You know what's so funny to me when I read that? That's such a good headline, and and you know he's a good he's a friend of ours that that wrote the uh, that wrote it up. Um, friend of the program. Yeah. Online and, acquaintance. Right. Online acquaintance at least. And uh, such a great headline because it was, it, it's so funny that like in the introductory thing, it was all about sticking to tradition. And then the head, the, that was so good about the headline. It's like breaking from tradition. <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, that's, there we go. Uh, anyways, uh, just a funny little, a little circle or, 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 yeah. or around the wagon we go with that one. But, um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we, we can talk about pros and cons. Yeah, so I, I sat down a little before I drove over here and wrote out the pros. It's basically pros for 7.30 and then pros for 8. So if you got a pro right, for right. 8, that's yeah, a con yeah, yeah. of 7.30. Right, right. Um, so the pros for 7.30, these, these are taken directly from the interview that Ryan Dennis, sports editor at the, at the Athens Banner Herald, did with Prince, Commerce High School principal Will Smith. We're going to end up talking about this more than we need to. Let go ahead. <laughs> so, first pro for moving to 7.30. 8 p.m. was frustrating for administrators. Um, second pro, game officials had voiced concerns about getting home later than usual. Uh, third pro for a 7.30 kickoff. Visiting teams had asked Cobbers to change. Uh, fourth pro, families with younger children had elected to stay home rather than come to the games at, that started at 8 o'clock instead of 7.30. Um, Dino, what do you think about that list? You want to start kind yeah. of talking about those pros? Yeah, I mean, I, I, listen, 
it, we can just go run through all of them. Let's just go through everything. And okay. Then, and I'll 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 go through the other ones. Um, the the pros of the eight o'clock, or you know, it gives you a little bit more time to to get to the game. Uh, a lot of people work on you know every day um, and not necessarily that close to commerce. Right. Um, if you if you commute, I'm one of those people. Uh, most of the time, I'm not very close to commerce with my job, but so it does give you a little more time to get to the game. Uh, this time of year, it's darker at eight, so there's not that that much. There's the heat is always mm-hmm. is a factor on Friday night, so that gives you thirty more minutes for the sun to kind of get down and get a, at least a little bit cooler. Um, the tradition of it, I mean, it's just kind of known. Even in the magazines that are printed for the high school previews, it's like commerce kicks off. Commerce at kicks eight. off at eight o'clock, and like, <laughs> and like an asterisk. Yeah, and it's it's us, and I think uh, it's Lowndes or Valdosta. or Valdosta. One of those two kicks off at eight too. So. And that's just something that's always been kind of cool. It's just like a little tradition, you know. Um, and, but, I mean, yeah, I, I, it, you know, I can – we can talk about it until we're blue in the face. But it, I, there's been in – the, in the kind of backlash of it, there's really only two sides of, like, people that, that weren't involved in making the decision. And it's just, like, the people that – hate it and the people that don't care yeah so it's like okay well you have no one that's like thank you yeah you know what i mean i haven't seen anyone that, that was like, oh, like oh this is such a great change for this for you know years. what i'm right and it's just been like people that are mad and then people that are like meh and first off like we have talked to several people about this in person um we've seen a lot of comments on facebook i think there were at least 27 comments on the facebook post from the yeah, commerce well i mean tiger football yeah it's facebook Facebook can get a little hot sometimes, yeah. uh, but there was a lot of there was a lot of reaction on Twitter. It was just I don't I know it. of anyone either who was. In I favor do get of it. I I get the seven thirty. I mean, listen, I, it's it's going to be nice getting home a little earlier. I do. I'm one, I'm one of those people with kids, so it's I get that part. Like, yeah, sure, it'll be nice to get home a little earlier. I guess. I mean, it, it and you know you can always just say, well, it's thirty minutes, like. Okay, what are we doing? Yeah, but then you come back to like, well, it's also that this we've done this for since nineteen sixty five at least. But you know the thing about the visiting teams that was that I I know Joe if Joe listens Joe Sanders if he listens to it he'll love it he'll love this this reference. But it reminded me of when Auburn essentially just asked Georgia to play away two years like to give Auburn another home game, and yeah. Georgia was just like, "Yeah, sure." It's like, wait, 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 wait why not? What, what are we doing? It's like, why, why do we want? Why would we do what they want us to do? And they're a completely an opponent. Like, who cares what they think? Yeah, like we're trying to beat them, <laughs> right? And I think one one of the other pros to having an eight o'clock kickoff is also there's a home field advantage to doing it. Like you're used to an eight o'clock kickoff. The other teams aren't. It's a little bit of an advantage, you know, with their scheduling. It's kind of what we, we talked about when we first talked about this, how Jefferson used to have the heat cranked up in their tiny basketball gym. Yeah, we, we did we did talk about this off air uh, when this was like maybe last week. Yeah, this was about fresh. And see, we're, we're going long on this, but it's just how, just like the whole culture at Jefferson is so different now. That it's almost just like another Gwinnett County school, and you think about those kind of like the suburbs kind of extending out along eighty five yeah. all the way up to here, and it's just like, you know, the, it's just I feel like you go to the, some of those Metro Atlanta 
game, it's just so soulless. It's, it's just like, like when we went to Appalachia last week. It's just like a, you know, I don't it's know. a cookie cutter it, 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 experience. It is. It is. It's like here's a high school and here's a whatever. Like, okay, let's get this done and let's let's go here. home and. Um, but it, like like you were about to get at, it, it was when when Jefferson was still a Same small way. town, like like Commerce, and you had those little things that would kind of drive you crazy yeah. about playing there. Which you know, playing in that old gym was one of them. You know, playing basketball in the old gym, like that week of practice, dating back to. Coach Greg was we you'd have to crank the heat up in the mm-hmm. gym like the week at that week of practice if you knew you were going to Jefferson because they were going to have the heat like blind blasted and it's just one of those funny things you know you'd come out of the locker room and be freezing down at the bottom <laughs> you'd come up and it's like entering a furnace yeah it's just one of those things that was it was funny and it was kind of like a just one of those little subtle things that like kind of made a, a made rivalry a, a little it, more it, intense. it made a place kind of unique yeah. you know it gave it a little a little um, little culture. Yeah, it kind of it got to give you a sense, you know, just a sense of it, something that was different yeah. that kind of set it apart. But at the end of the day, I mean, I get it, you know, um, and it's and it's thirty minutes, so that's that's kind of where I'm at on it at this I, point. I'm upset about it, but I also realize that I can't do anything right now to change it. Um, I think the only thing that you can do to change it is put someone in that position who's making those decisions who would not support a 730 kick. I did think it was fun. I, I, you know, I, I, I thought about this. I thought about just, we should just start at home games. We should just not start tweeting until eight. <laughs> <laughs> and be like, well, we just got here and apparently they've been playing for 30 minutes. Like, we're so sorry. But I just couldn't get here. We know where it's, it's 14 to nothing and we have just started the game. So they spotted us some points. Yeah. Um, Oh man! Uh, yeah, we can move on from that. I know there's been plenty of conversation. People you mentioned Facebook. My God, some of the comments on Facebook were just it got, well. Some of the comments on Facebook were nonsensical. Yeah, like like many comments on Facebook can get. Um, sure. All right, moving on from that. That was a change. Another change happened. Uh, ben Monroe, longtime sports editor at the Jackson Herald. Mm-hmm. Is he called the Jackson Herald? Jackson Herald, the overarching company, is called Main Street News. Right. So he's been at Jackson Herald for, God. It, since we were in middle school, at right. least. And he's been a good friend of the program. We're happy for him. He's over to Brazelton mm-hmm. now to be the basically the editor, editor of the Editor of that paper. So um, congrats to him. And, yeah, he's been, oh, my gosh, I don't know how many years. Like, 02, 03? Yeah. 20 he, years, basically. He's, he's been 30 years old the whole time. <laughs> I don't know how... I don't know how, but he has, and uh, no, we're 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 happy for him, and I know he's still gonna be around some. But you got to catch up with the uh, the new guy, so to speak. Yeah. At, uh, at the Dairy Queen. Yeah, we went down to the lower end of town and and ate some breakfast at the. You Dairy went you Queen. went to the lower end of town for the high class meal. Baby. Oh man, it was good, and we were like the only people there, so uh, it was fun to sit down with Kyle. Um, I think I talk about this a little bit in the interview, but we'd seen his work for a while. Uh, he used and they, to be, people have, probably, people that listen probably have too. They may not know it. But yeah. yeah, he's in Madison County. Yeah, he was at Madison. He was the editor, sports editor at the Madison County uh, News or Journal. I can't remember what it's exactly it's called, but he was. You know, I got that paper the other day too. Did you? Because I was over at Isla Restaurant 
and I, they had one left, and I, and it was the, there was a little portion that said they're draining Seagraves Lake. Yeah, they're draining it. Big change, dude. That used to be, that was a fishing lake. Now, yeah. Did you ever go fishing over there? No, but I had bass. There was it was bass. a good fishing lake. So it's kind of sad. They've had that rope and chain up, you know, no fishing forever. I just I thought I don't know what I thought. I was like, I wonder what. I guess I just thought they were working on it or something. But yeah, yeah, no, they're draining it because the dam is too high or something. The property owners below the dam, <laughs> we're getting into newspaper talk. <laughs> they're draining the lake at Seagraves, which is sad. But anyways, um, he's been over there. <laughs> yeah, he's been in, in Madison <laughs> County and. On the Seagraves Mill note, like, I've eaten cornmeal that's come out of that grits mill back in the day. You know, Seagraves Mill. We should finish it. I'm going to finish this. Apparently, there's something structurally wrong with the dam, and there's private property owners below the dam, and they've been. this has been ongoing for, like, three or four years, like, trying to figure out how, like, to if get there's a water. fix, like, how do you fix it? And the, essentially, they were just like, we're just going to have to drain. There's too much water in it mm-hmm. for, the, for the dam to support mm-hmm. or something. So They don't want to... Like flood their whole property <laughs> essentially. So, um, well, that's a sad story, but sounds like it has to happen. So, but it did. Once I read more into it, I, I think they're just dropping the water level. It, the the drain the drain thing got me to buy the newspaper, of course. So like, they're draining it. Like what? And they're, I think they're just dropping the water to like twenty feet or something, okay. which is essentially draining it. Probably. I don't know how deep that lake is, but probably not that deep. Um, or maybe they said ten feet. I don't know. So, uh, anyways, we were. Back back to Dairy Queen biscuits. Yeah. Back to Dairy Queen biscuits. Yeah, I ate a hot link biscuit and he had a chicken link a chicken biscuit and we talked high school football. And I hope you guys enjoy this interview. <laughs> Let's get to it. All right, uh welcome to the Potluck Podcast. Got another field edition. Uh, this time we're not out on the field. We're at the local commerce Dairy Queen down here at the lower end of town. Uh, I'm Mason Westmoreland, uh, co-host of the Potluck Podcast, uh, host of the Potluck Podcast. Colton Dean is actually with his wife, Haley. Uh, she's scheduled to be induced into labor today. So congrats to Dino and Haley and the whole Dean family, little Graham. Uh, really, really proud for them, hoping everything goes well. Um, but we got together today uh, to interview Kyle Funderburk, a new sports editor at the Jackson Herald. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard or not, but recently Ben Monroe stepped down from that position, took the editor role over at the Brazelton News uh, with Main Street News, and uh, Kyle was hired over as the sports editor. Uh, so, Kyle, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad glad to be be on on the, on the show. Well, well, we're glad to have you. Um, we've kind of been talking. We sat down, ate a biscuit. Uh, I had a hot link biscuit with mayonnaise, which is kind of uh, kind of different uh kyle had the chicken biscuit um and we've kind of been talking a little bit um but how, how's the job going at main street you told me earlier you've been there two weeks is yeah this right? two and a half weeks really this is my second full week i started on a wednesday three week, weeks ago and just kind of just spent the first week just emailing coaches trying to get acquainted okay that's really what i've been doing for two weeks um I spoke to conferences, uh, softball coach okay. last night, volleyball coach uh, two nights ago. Um, getting ready for previews for that. I haven't quite gotten into all the fall sports of commerce or all the fall sports any school yet, for that matter. But yeah, 
But yeah, this right now is just a big trying to get re- re- reacquainted with, with everyone. Yeah, it's kind of thrown right into the fire with you know preseason starting. It's a busy time mm-hmm. of the year. Um, you say reacquainted with everyone. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Kyle's been working with Main Street News on and off for several years, going back to how, how 2017 when I became editor of the Madison County Journal. Okay, okay. And uh, we, I was talking to Kyle earlier. We've kind of seen some of his work in the past, and uh, really high high quality stuff. Um, we've enjoyed his reporting. Um, but he's he's taken over for Ben Monroe. Uh, ben has been at the Herald for a long time, uh, really like two decades, right? Pretty much, yeah. Since yeah. early two thousands, late nineties. I remember, I remember when I was a kid, I played all star baseball in middle school, and uh, he took a picture of me practicing. Mm-hmm. That was probably two thousand two, two thousand three. Mm-hmm. So um, Ben, he's been a fixture in Commerce Athletics. Uh, Colton and I actually talked. Uh, last season, we saw him down at Washington Wilkes. He was covering the game, and he was standing there talking with uh, Big G, or like, like we like to call him now, slightly less Big G, because he's he's lost some weight. And we were just kind of like, man, those are two guys that that know a lot about Commerce football because they've been around for a while. Um, so we were talking. Ben Ben's going to kind of continue to to work a little bit with you. Is that is that right? Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna need all the help I can get on Friday nights yeah. for starters. And he said he's all gonna he's gonna help um, just take care of some games on Fridays for me. Yeah, because I mean, I got four high schools, I can't be <laughs> everywhere at once. Yeah, that, was that go ahead. And I don't want to be everywhere at once. There's some editors out there who they do have papers like mine, and they just jump in from school to school and get pictures. And I don't ever ever want want to want to do that. I want to stick with the biggest game every week right I mean it kind of seems like you would lose the story of the game if you're not there to see the whole thing Mm -hmm. Um, that was actually one of my questions I had for you you know uh, Main Street covers four different schools within Jackson County all four Commerce East Jackson Jackson County and Jefferson Um, and it just it seems like a logistical like challenge to cover all four of those games so uh, I'm glad you kind of anticipated that question you also report on the Bulldogs, correct? We talked yes. about that earlier. Tell us a little bit about that, your work uh, with SI Daily, is that right? Sports Illustrated, and uh, our particular website is Dogs Daily, the Dogs one that just co- that just covers Georgia. Okay. So you enjoy that, right? You're yeah. still going to try to continue to do that? I'm going to try with this job, uh, being sports editor of a, of, a, of a newspaper with four schools is that's a lot yeah doesn't leave a whole lot of time for much else <laughs> so but i'll try and i'll see when we get to actually the regular season once you get to the kind of more routine stories that'll be easier but fall camp hasn't even started you're kind of just finding stories right now for something yeah. like that this kind of seems like the doldrums of the season you know as far as like actual sports events mm-hmm. you know there's not much to cover other than what's going to happen um I mentioned earlier we, we kind of have had a relationship with you on Twitter a little bit, just commenting back and forth, mm-hmm. liking articles. Um, one thing that you do that I've always enjoyed is you talk about uniforms. Mm-hmm. Um, who's your fa- who has your favorite uniform in the county right now between all four schools? Not, I mean, I'm sorry, but not Jefferson. Not Jefferson. I don't, I like that one they had when they won, won the state title. I don't know why they... That they had wore, the stripes on the shoulders yeah, and the stripes. Yeah, the three stripes on the shoulders. Yeah. 
um, they were that two years, three years, they three or four years. They mm-hmm. took, they started wearing that when I was in high school, and then they wore it for the state title, and then they stopped wearing it the next year. Like that was the best looking uniform. They switched. That may have been a McFerrin thing, because they switched so. to uh, the all blue jerseys mm-hmm. with the red trim. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was under uh, Ben Hall in his yes. name. Uh, and then I I've always. I hate to say anything positive about Jefferson because you know you know how I feel about Jefferson, our listeners out there. But I've always liked their white on whites. I do like those. Their white on whites are crisp. Yeah, the the white helmet with a little sparkle. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I like that. Um, But yeah, what they have now is just a little too too over designed for my taste. Okay, it's not very clean, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, Um. Kind of like uh, Jackson County and, and Commerce is together. Okay. I know uh, every once in a while we'll see the other Commerce football Twitter, they'll release something about like a concept for like alternative mm-hmm. uniform and stuff like that. Um, I'd love to see some of those come back in, in the style. Yeah, they had that one a few weeks ago with the throwbacks. Oh, yeah. The gold on golds <laughs> have always been popular. Yeah. Um, and then the, the ones with the, like, they almost look like Oregon's old uniforms with the wide stripes on the shoulders. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't seen Jackson Counties lately. You have to tell me what what do they look like? It's it's just their their standard like plain uniforms. They but they haven't really done anything bold and gray pants, uh, red jerseys. Is that black tops? And I think it's just uh, white jerseys. What or white, white pants is what I saw. Okay. And yeah, that, that would look good. Out. That would look good. Uh, yeah, if, yeah. If, if Jarrett would just tone it down with the striping. Yeah. It's. it's the colors are red, white, blue. You can't really mess that combo up. <laughs> I'm sorry to any any Jeff any Jefferson listeners, but they don't listen to our show. <laughs> I don't want to sound like I'm being biased against Jefferson. I just do not like that that jersey. It is. It's hard to look at. Like it's just, very bright. And that stripe that goes all the way around to the, like, the nameplate in the back. Yeah. I'm a fan of that. Never been a fan of it. Well, Commerce added that you know a couple of years ago and, and Colton and I talked about that and, and we weren't really a big fan mm-hmm. either uh, but you know we're not picking out the jerseys <laughs> like, it's not 2008 era NFL we don't need like even Oregon, that's like Reebok jerseys even in Oregon everyone rags on Oregon but you look at Oregon's jerseys they're pretty like tame they don't yeah. have any like bold striping on it they do have those wings though I'm not a fan of the wings yeah but they've always kept the wings subtle yeah accent well people that's probably enough uniform talk for some folks um talking about covering high school and college uh we we spoke a little bit about this as we were eating but uh which do you prefer which do you like better high school or college or do you appreciate both for what they are i appreciate both what they are i'm more i cover always covered college games more of a fan Mm. just because I mean, I grew up going, going to Georgia games. Yeah. Um, just a big history nerd for anything I'm interested in. That includes Georgia football. So that's really all That's really all been my kind of perspective of covering college. It's from that historical perspective, someone who knows a lot about the team can add that context. Yeah. I like to add that to a discussion. But when it comes to just covering events, up for high school. I understand that. I it is neat with college, like, always sitting back and saying, well, you know, the 2017 Georgia team 
how do they stack up against 1982, mm-hmm. you know, comparing different eras. And it's a very important discussion now because there's no nuance in mass sports media right it's all now, it like seems. Now. Like, you know, discussion of Kirby Smart compared to Mark Rick. They want to bring up Rick's first five years. Yeah. Well, if you want to do that, you got to keep comparing him year, year, like year to year. Yeah. Well, this would be 2006 to Mark Rick. That team lost four games. Yeah. Had an absolute disaster at, at the quarterback position going in. It was like a three three different quarterbacks the whole year, yeah. right? They played that was Joe T's year. Yeah, Joe T, <laughs> Joe Cox, Matt Stafford all played, all started yeah. that year. Um, that was a rough year. That, yeah, that 2006 Georgia team is completely different from what this, we're at now. From what the team is now, like you can't keep comparing Rick and Kirby, but that's the historical perspective you're leaving out when you just look at numbers. Yeah. And that's human nature too. Yeah. Like people wanna, they wanna compare. Yeah. Um, but uh, Wikipedia exists. I mean, you can just you can just look. <laughs> it's not that hard. So talking about high school and college, um, what's the best high school game you've ever seen, and the best college game you've ever seen, whether in person or on TV? High school. This was tough. I've seen a lot of good high school games. Yeah. One of my favorite high school games, maybe not the best is a weird one. It's 2015 Banks County versus Johnson. Really? I had a string going back the year before to just a bunch of boring games. <laughs> I mean, because I covered Commerce lot in 14 mm-hmm. for, for, for the paper, because before I was, before I got hired by the, Jackson, by the Jackson Herald or Main Street News, or for the paper of Browse and Hush and Chateau Line. Right. And they'd also opened up that, we didn't open the second paper, we started printing a second paper, the paper of Jackson County. Gotcha. As a freelancer, so all of 2014, I covered commerce, unless they were off or just playing somewhere far off. Right. I, played, I covered someone else out here, so commerce kind of just smacked around everyone in 14. Yeah. Anyone else I watched in 14 kind of won by a big margin, and then we go into 15, and it's kind of the same story. And then I then I get to Banks County and Johnson, and they just light up the scoreboard. Really. And it was. The most fun game I had in a while at that point. There were, uh, which Banks County has gone through a lot of coaches, but there were some Banks County teams in there that were really like uh, spread it out, mm-hmm. throw the ball around, put a lot of points on, kind of like Pac-12 football. That uh, was that was a team I forget what, what these boys' names were, but they had that running back quarterback who were real good. Yeah, they Banks has always got good skill players. It, mm-hmm. Whenever Connors and Banks play. There's almost like a narrative that you could you can write out. Yeah. Like the first half is competitive, and Banks will give like Commerce some scares because of that, and then Commerce will mm-hmm. adjust at the half and kind of kind of mm-hmm. take the driver's seat. Um, that's our first game this season, so it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, with Coach Hollers taking over. Mm-hmm. But uh, that I would have not predicted Banks County Johnson 15 to that's, be. Your <laughs> that's my favorite game because I just snapped a streak of blowouts. Yeah. And defensive struggles. Yeah. Um, but as far as the best, I mean, Jackson and Morgan County, my first year as actual professional sports writer freelancing yeah. for the paper. I mean, Jackson County beat Morgan to um, go to the state playoffs just the second time since 1992. Okay. And I was on a deadline that night, and Morgan County scored um, late to tie, to tie the game, and I had a message my editor saying this story's going to be late because 
technical scores in, in high school over time starts at the 15-yard line instead of the 25 like in college. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you give these two teams a 15-yard line. This this game might end until until 1 a.m. Seven overtimes. But the very first play from the scrimmage, Jess County hits um, receiver o- over the middle, Lacey Giles. He gets all the way down, down to field goal range on that one play. They kick a field goal to win. But that was exciting for, for how close the game was yeah. and what it meant. Um, Madison and Appalachia back in 2019 ended with a or didn't end with a game winning touchdown but Madison did score a game winner right in front of me. Oh that's cool. Yeah, It was one of those things where because of course being with major News we have to take pictures mm-hmm. and notes so if you just watch a team enough you kind of know where they're going to go each play Yeah. so I just kind of like I knew what what, what, what they're going to do they had to score touchdowns. So right. I knew where we were to stand but uh, it's just one of the things where you watch a team enough, you know where, where to go. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they won that uh, game winner to uh, to uh, uh, Martavian Cooper. Yeah, he was a big player for them. Mm-hmm. He's is he he's at Kennesaw now, right? I believe he is. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was a close, that was a good game. Um, Jefferson and Hart and fifth. Uh, oh, that was the region championship game one year. Fifteen. That was the night in which the region entered that. See the last week in a four-way tie. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> Oconee had beaten Jefferson. Jefferson had beaten Albert. Albert had beaten Hart. Hart had beaten Oconee. Holy smokes. So these four teams go into this night's tie for first place, and they're all playing each other. <laughs> so it's going to get sorted out. Someone is going to go from first, first to fourth. First to fourth. Wow. And uh, that's crazy. I don't even remember how that shook out. Jefferson won that game. Jefferson won, but Oconee also won. So Oconee, so Oconee won, the region. won the region. Yeah. Yeah, that was a it, the the game itself wasn't too exciting or thrilling, but just what it meant, just like having to focus on that game and another game at the same time was. You're always checking your phone, just like yeah. I mean, we run into that on Friday nights when we do uh, when we live tweet the games. It's just like you're always on your phone trying to catch up. Mm-hmm. And see what's going on because everything's so interesting. Yeah, that was that was a fun a fun night. I mean, how often does it happen that a region goes into that last night in a four-way I've never tie? heard of another instance. <laughs> like that's the only time mm-hmm. in my experience. Yeah, that, you know, that that was really cool. Yeah, and and the Jackson County game makes sense too because you were saying you graduated from Jackson County in yeah. twelve. Yeah, two thousand twelve. Grew up a Benton Bulldog. We talked about that, mm-hmm. uh, and then went to Jackson County. Um, I spent uh, between uh, middle school in Gainesville and Chesity before going back to the west side. Oh, okay. So you kind of bounced around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So um, kind of getting here to the thick of things, uh, you cover, like we said earlier, you cover uh, Commerce, East Jackson, Jackson County, and Jefferson. Do you have any expectations for the teams this year or any predictions maybe you want to throw out there? I don't want to get too much. I mean, I know you guys do a preview. Yeah. for the paper and we want to encourage you guys if you don't already subscribe to the Jackson Herald if you're not already uh, online or, or picking up the, the high school football preview this is one of the best resources for high school football every year year in and year out is that preview so pick up a, a copy uh, Kyle's interviews will be in there Kyle's covers will be in there it supports your local newspapers um, so do you want to try to give some expectations or predictions or just save it I, I can give some, like okay. maybe not predictions, but yeah, um, just from what I know, because having it pretty much a year off from covering, yeah, and what I've 
would have come to get re replayed of all these teams. I expect Jefferson and Commerce to compete. I expect Jefferson to go far in the playoffs. Commerce losing. Sammy Brown is it's a big deal. But yeah. There's enough thing there to still kind of control the region probably. Yeah. Um, and uh, maybe, maybe maybe make a run in the playoffs if the bracket um, shakes out for them. Yeah. Jackson County, I expect improvements. Um, just coaching, eventually that's going to break, break through there. Yeah, they got a good coach. Mm-hmm. Got a good coach in the quarter. Yeah. And then East Jackson. You just hope to see East Jackson that they can finally just get some traction. Yeah, get, get some traction. I mean, when, when I was in school, my senior year, was 2009 on, on the football field, and they had, like, a great season that mm-hmm. year. They uh, competed with Jefferson for the region title in 8AA. And I'm going it, to win a, a playoff game. Yeah, they made it to the second round. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they actually lost to Manchester. Uh, Team Commerce played in the playoffs last year. But, um, you know, since then, it's just been a carousel over there for coaches. Um, numbers have been up and down. Really hope that East Jackson can, can find something going for them because we'd love to see Jackson County and, and East Jackson get to the level Commerce and Jefferson have been at. Mm-hmm. Um, just because Jackson County has a potential to be the best county in the state for high school football. Mm-hmm. And that would make it incredibly interesting for us. Yeah, it's uh, going to be interesting as time goes on and as the county grows from more the west side. Yeah. I mean, eventually, it's eventually going to come over here to yeah. the east side too, especially with the battery plants. Mm-hmm. But uh, you yeah, just because you go back 30 years ago and look at Gwinnett County, I mean, Brook, I mean, teams like Brookwood uh, was, were, were new. North Gwinnett had a losing program all the time. Yeah, true. Uh, Buford was the only kind of school in that county that mattered. And they were in eight single A, mm-hmm. you know, and now they're in six A. Yeah, but you look through as that as that county has grown. I mean, it's become the mecca of college, I mean, of high school um, football. Really, you say college college prospects. Right, right. Um, and eventually, that's just going to keep spreading, and Jackson County is kind of the next place. Yeah, and with the county schools, you know, J- Jackson County is, is firmly moving to the west side of the county. You know, they yeah. got that new school over there. And then East Jackson is firmly in, in the east side of the county. So, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the next few years play out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, that was really all the questions I had. I uh, appreciate you coming out, Kyle. Do you have any final thoughts? Yeah, I'm just excited to be here. I'm still trying to get reacquainted with all the coaches because, as I told, told you before the show started, I mean, I learned about the opportunity to have this job three days before <laughs> yeah. I got it. That's wild. Because um, it's been, I mean, 14 months um, away. Yeah. You know, when laid off because of COVID. Um, because ad money was not coming in. Yeah. Advertisers, I mean, well, they had to close up and then were limited to how many people they could have in their stores or yeah. their shops or whatever. They, they In a survival mode. Yeah, they, they couldn't really um, pay for advertising. Yeah. So it made it tough. And I kind of kind of gave up back in January that I didn't think this was going to happen. And lo and behold, when you get to June and I'm asked if I'm interested in I said, yeah, we, on a Tuesday, I said, yeah, I'm interested on Tuesday. I set up a meeting on a Wednesday. I'm hired on a Friday. That's awesome. Uh, well, like I said, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for coming out and talk some, some high school football, and we're really looking forward to the season. All right. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. <laughs>
from Dairy Queen back to the front porch. <laughs> we do hope you enjoyed that interview with Kyle, and uh, thanks for thanks to him for coming on the show. Yeah, meeting us, uh, Uncle Psalm. Great job, well, uh, Solo Dolo. I'm pretty sure that was the day my second child was born. So while that was going on, I was in the hospital. Your wife gave birth during the course of that interview. That's that's true. That's probably actually pretty I, close to true. I she was definitely in labor. Yeah. So uh, I obviously couldn't make it to Dairy Queen. <laughs> oh, no, but no. Uncle Saul did a fine job filling in for me. And one more thing that I, I wish we would have asked him was the meet and three. Yeah. I, was I wanted question. to get his thoughts on the meet and three in his in his previous coverage area and in his new coverage area and rank the meet and threes one through five. Yeah. Do you wanna write do you wanna rank yours right now? I know mine. Give me a list. Alright. In no particular order. How about I move east to west? Okay. Gina Bells, Danielsville, Isla, Iowa. <laughs> Commerce, Country Cafe, aka Wheeze. Uh huh. Commerce, obviously. Cabin Creek, okay. Nicholson, and the Red House. There's your five in the coverage area that okay. I feel are the staple, like country, country cooking, cooking yeah. not necessarily meat and three, but country cooking restaurants. How would you rank those? I so, wish we could have got Kyle's thoughts. I think he's probably partial to Madison County still. Yeah, but probably so. What you think? You're kind, um, of, you're kind of partial to Madison County, too. I am. I've eaten at some of them more recently than others. I tend to frequent Isla and the Red House more. Well, see, the thing, you have to, you kind of have to knock Cabin Creek a little bit because they're only on Sundays, really. Right. They'd be like the country cooking. It's covered up. Like, you can't hardly get in there yeah. on Sunday afternoon. I say, jeez, uh, five is hard. I'd say Cabin Creek. Number one. No, no. We're going for You're five going, top. Oh, wow. Uh, Creek, Cabin wow. Creek, Gina Bells. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I can tell by your reactions you disagree. You hadn't had Gina Bell in a minute. I hadn't. Uh, oh, God. Have you ever had Gina Bell's? Yeah, but I had it when it was over at Midway. Oh, yeah, that was a good one, too. Um, so it had Gina Bell's, then you got Isla and the Red House, and what else? And Commerce Country Cafe. Uh -huh. So then I'll go. I'll go Commerce Country Cafe, oh Red House, God. and Isla. Just Red because House I, like, I like. I like. Isla. Dude, I, I ain't gonna lie, I had Isla the other day and It was miss. It ain't it ain't it ain't it ain't number one. <laughs> it definitely ain't number one. Here's mine, you ready? Yours are you way to more five to one. Yeah. No, I, I eat at these I use these establishments. Now the one that I hadn't had in a while and it's my fifth is because I I've always thought it was overrated. And listen, people are gonna say, Oh, I know. it's cause it's in Jefferson. It's Jefferson's <laughs> it's Jefferson's country cooking's why you don't like it. The Red House has never been a, a a a place that I've 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 liked too much. They're yeah. my fifth, fourth. I'll go Iowa. I'm sorry, Psalm. It's but okay. That something was missing the other day, and I, it, it was probably the now, season. Listen, now, now say it. Now they're way way ahead of the Red House, <laughs> but like Iowa's pretty is good. Like don't get me wrong. If I'm driving, if I'm driving by at noon, one o'clock, yeah. I'll stop in. Their sweet tea's real good. The fried is. chicken's good. Fried okra's good. I always have trouble finding a couple other sides in there that are really good. Yeah. But anyways, three. Let me think three here. Man, this is it's gonna get nitpicky. Whew. 
I'm gonna go three. I'm gonna give Cabin Creek three, just because they're only open on that one day. Like their food's really good, but they're only got the country cooking going on Sunday. On Sundays, which is it's hard to get in there. So I'm gonna give them three. I'll do Gina Bell's too. I'm a big fan of Gina Bell's. Yeah. I, I ate it a lot when it was over at Midway. Yeah. At the, at the, that was a good spot. I ate that a lot. They, you know, he'd come around with the garlic biscuits. Uh-huh. You know, the chef's hat. Golly, what a great place! Love it. Go over there whenever I can. Great people. Number one, I'm giving it, I'm giving it to my man Lee. I love I love dude going in there. Oh, man, you always see Coach Greg. Yeah, which is he used a to be plus. a Hucks guy. Yeah, well, he's, he still goes to Hucks, but you got man, you go in there. God, it's so good. I, the I, meats are so good. They get the roast beef with the, on the bed of rice. I'm telling you, with some fried okra, mashed potatoes, then buttery mashed potatoes. The only thing you can take off their bread's not that good, um, which is. That's kind of the Gina Bell's staple. They got those cheddar biscuits, yeah. those fresh cheddar biscuits. But um, I'm still I'm gonna give it to Lee. I'm gonna give it to Lee. I go there the most. What are, What are you doing tomorrow? You want to go for lunch? And we can take it off there. <laughs> we've We've spent enough time. We've spent enough time here. But I did want to get that in there. Too bad we we couldn't let Kyle. Yeah, he uh, would have had a lot to say. I think so too. All right. Well, back to football. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, Let's get in. So this this will be our. This is a preview show. Mm-hmm. So we've talked commerce, we've talked the kickoff, we've talked local teams, but I think this the interview with Kyle can kind of bring us into the preview show of just the area and the state. So yeah. this is going to go for a little while longer, and I think everybody's going to really enjoy it. But we'll start off uh, in Region 8, Classification 5, and work our way down. Mm-hmm. Contenders, pretenders. Mm-hmm. Let's start in 8... 5A, and of course, those teams in order of 2020 standings, final standings Clark Central, Eastside, Greenbrier, Loganville. There it is. I'm going to go off on this on a different tangent, but there's your top four Central, Eastside, Greenbrier, Loganville. Jackson County was the odd man out. It was kind Mm -hmm. of a battle between two and six there that went down to the last week of the season. Walnut Grove, Appalachia, and Johnson and Gainesville. There was a there was a Bill Vol thing we talked about on Twitter last <laughs> night, and and I just I just thought about it with the Gainesville and Loganville. Like I, I say Loganville, yeah, and I'll say Gainesville. I I think it, but the, but then there's a Daresville. So yeah. One of my points was, in the Ville versus Vol, was the syllables. Like, if it has two, just two syllables, I'll, I'll always say Vol. Mm-hmm. But if it has three, I almost always say Ville. Right. Like Milledgeville. Right. Hawkinsville. Uh-huh. No matter location in the state. Right, right. And, and even, even in the in the country. Like, right. there were, like, Summersville in West Virginia. Yeah. Like, it, it was definitely Summersville. Like, it wasn't Summersville. Yeah. No one said that. There's, there but are there some was, but see, like in, there's also Mooresville in West Virginia that's kind of a vol. Yeah. But there's some, ex- ah, yeah. Anyways, it's a tough one. The Ville versus Vol. We got into that last night. But anyways, <laughs> let's do contenders, pretenders in that region. All right. So uh, starting off with Clark Central, uh, they are definitely a contender. They are the region champs, reigning region they, champs. The only way this is going to work if we do, the contenders are, are maybe like top six. You have like yeah. two throwaways. There's obviously going to be the number one contender, which is Clark Central. Right. You're right. Clark Central, uh, they only lost three times last year, and their three losses were to Oconee County, Buford, and Calhoun. 
So that's a pretty darn good team right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're always strong. They are. Um, Eastside, that number two seed right you there. You think they're locked up? I, I think they're a contender. Contender. Um, they only lost last year to Clark Central in the region, and they lost 35-34 to 34 in Athens. Made the quarterfinals. So there's your contenders. And one to more. Win. To win. Oh, one more to one win, more. he says. So uh, Loganville. Loganville, oh, I think, might be a dark horse. Last year's four seed. Last year's four seed. They were real streaky last year, mm. uh, but they lost close to Eastside and Greenbrier, mm. two and three schools. So they, okay. they may sneak in there. Okay, I like that. How about our boys over at Jackson County? I he's, made, a, he's, he's on a milestone. He's, on the, he's, he's, he's knocking on the door of a milestone. McWhorter? Yeah, he's... Uh, three, 300, 200? Oh, my gosh, I can't remember. It's, it's got to be 300. He's got to be at like 299 or something. Or maybe it's just like he was listed on like active coaches with the most wins. Yeah, probably so. He's been I read something about time. that in the, the high school football daily, daily newsletter. If you don't subscribe to that and you're listening to this show, you're an idiot. <laughs> they are awesome. But anyways. They are. You, what um, do you think about our boys over there? Are they going to make the playoffs? You think they can sneak in the top four? They can. They're they're a pretender, but they're an improved pretender, and they have a really nice new stadium. They were right there too last year. Yeah, we'll we'll keep an eye on them, but we do like Clark Central, Greenbrier, or Clark Central Eastside and Loganville. That's our that's our contenders, mm-hmm. and and in re, Region Eight Five A. Also, uh, shout out to Pretender Walnut Grove. That's where Carl Allen. Shout out to Carl, former former Tiger, uh, coaches the baseball program. I saw Doc. I saw uh, his dad. I call him Doc. But yeah, he, everybody he, does. He's, he's the he's the preacher. <laughs> the preacher man. He's uh, Carlton Allen. Saw him tweeting, or not tweeting. I wish I'd see him tweeting. <laughs> he's only on Facebook, but I saw him on Facebook uh, earlier tonight when I got on there. He was talking about the apparently there's like the Field of Dreams game going oh, on yeah. right now. Yeah. With the uh oh, car. I wonder if you can hear that on the audio. One car, a lone a lone rider in the night. Probably a cattle trailer, if I had to guess. It, it was. is. It's Drinkard. Yeah, maybe Casey Drinkard. No, that thing is, that rig is way too nice for Drinkard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, he was talking about the Field of Dreams thing that's going uh, on. The Yankees and the White Sox or whatever are playing in the cornfield in Iowa. That's really cool. It did look kind of cool. It was really corny, I thought. <laughs> not not the game this itself. This a dad. Not, yes. not the game. That, no, if, if I was if I was like super dad, I'd be like, it was so cool, I cried. No, but, you said you said it was really corny. Well, <laughs> no, no, no fun. Come on, they they walked out of the corn, like as intros, in the game. yeah, like in the movie. And it was that was corny, literally, and not and it was it was weird. Like the players, it was they're a bunch. I don't know. They were born after that yeah, movie it's just came like, out. What are we doing here? Yeah. It's like the uh, it's like a it's like a dying sports like. <laughs> trying to we're do relevant. something. Please it's like we're trying to game. do something. But no, it's funny. I saw him talking about it. Anyways, so let's let's go to um, 8-4-A. We just hop right, right back in. This is why you listen, folks. So um, finishing uh, order, Jefferson, Flowery Branch, North Oconee, Cedar Shoals, Madison County, shout out to Solomon, East Hall, and Chestity. There's one contender in this. Yeah. It's Jefferson. Jefferson's going to win this region. No doubt. Uh, it's a matter of how close the other games are. 
Oh, so I the pick, only teams that can keep it close is Flower Branch and North Oconee if right. something crazy happens, right? Right. I think North Oconee is going to be much improved. You think they'll take the two seed? Maybe. Yeah. They're well, a dark horse, at least for the playoffs. Like, that's kind of what I was thinking, too. Upset some folks, maybe make it to the quarterfinals, second round. Uh, but Jefferson's going to win that region. No doubt. What about your boys in Mad Cow? Are they going to be able to make the playoffs? So, in these, these bigger regions, the – Higher classifications, that's always the question. It's like, where, what is seeding? And Madison County, to win and get into the playoffs, has has to beat Cedar Shoals. Yeah. We couldn't do that last year. Uh, I said we. We are. We're in Madison we County. We are in Madison so, County. Um, I think that's fair. I, I don't think they're going to beat Cedar Shoals. I, I think if I was ranking it, I would just switch Flower Branch and North Oconee Maybe. in this one, and that's the same four. Yeah. Um, Eight Triple A Oconee County Monroe, Hart County Franklin Stevens East Jackson was the way they finished last year. This was a super fun region to cover last year, it just was. because there was so much parity and so some, many surprises. It was good games too. Yeah, like uh, I mean Franklin. Franklin Stevens, was in a bunch of good games, and I don't think Franklin's going to be in a bunch of good games. Yeah, this year. I didn't realize this, but they lost their coach. You, brought that up before the show. Yeah, he took uh, his talents across the state line to Liberty in South Carolina. Um, I got my contenders here being Oconee County and in Monroe area. Um, I also like Hart County and Stevens to challenge, but I, I don't see anybody knocking off Oconee County for the, the championship. I don't either. I think Oconee County is probably going to have a good bid to win the state again. Yeah. Um, I think Oconee will be one. Hart County make you go two. Monroe probably three, you know two those, those two will be yeah. will be battling out for two and three, and then probably Franklin and Stevens again for four. Yeah, does East Jackson maybe have a hat to throw in there? Probably not. No. So that one's settled. <laughs> Eight double A. Uh, again, this is this is another one where you can clearly see the winner is going to be Raven County. Yeah, last year Raven, Elbert, Union, Banks in that order. Riverside did not play, but they're playing this year. Right. So. Um, I think that disrupts the playoff order a little bit. Last year, everybody made the playoffs who played a game. Um, you think Riverside jumps all the way to the second seed? You think they can beat all those teams? No. Elbert Union? I think it's Raven, Union Elbert, Banks Riverside. Uh, okay. I think there's the Mountain some, Boys, one and two. Yeah. Maybe, maybe some Mountain Supremacy there. But I, I think Elbert and, and Union will be improved, but I, I don't I don't see them challenging Raven. Okay. Eight single A private. This is probably the one that has the most question marks and the one that's maybe the most wide open. I I, I think Athens Academy has a. I think I think it's Athens Academy's to lose, personally. But, I think. Four teams could win it? Right. I think so, too. Realistically? Uh, last year, you had Prince winning it, ACAD coming in at second, George Walton third, Athens Christian at four, and a newcomer, Loganville Christian, taking the five spot. I, I think you're right. I think uh, I think ACAD is, is the contender. Uh, they've got more coming back. They've got uh, John Terrio Holt, I think is his, his name. Uh, that big nose man that yeah. we had so much trouble with last year. They got um, and they also have a good good running back. I, th- I think his name's Trey Hawkins. Um, Prince lost a lot. Prince bring, brings back a kid, uh, 
on the defensive side of the ball, his name's Luke Lanier. That looks really good. Had 114 tackles last season. He's the from Michigan, right? Right. He transferred from to Michigan. play last year because COVID. Right. He wanted to play. Uh, so he made a name for himself in the area. But I, I there's just he went to the school that's like Michigan, anyways. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't put that, that together until I started thinking about their helmets. They so do like, look like Michigan. This kid was just like, hey, which school's the most Michigan? <laughs> just a mis- well, Michigan Well, it's Athens through, Academy, too. Through, through. I like, They're the Spartans. Michigan State. Oh my God. Wolverines and Spartans. Who would have thought? It's too late. We're getting loopy out here. Oh, we're connecting dots. Uh, no, that's that's pretty that's pretty interesting. Um, so we're. I think it's safe to say we're going to mark Prince, Athens Academy, George Walton, and Athens Christian as contenders. Yeah, George Walton's strong team and Athens Christian's a dark horse. Uh, Jonas Davis has had an incredible career at running back. One of the top running backs returning for his senior year. Uh, hopefully he can stay healthy and put up some big big numbers that this year. That will be a fun region. 8A public. We know this region pretty mm-hmm. well. Last year, Commerce, Washington, Wilkes, Lincoln County, so Circle, Towns, and Green. Do we like almost the same as private? Three legit contenders and then a dark horse? Yeah, I think so. And then two, Towns and Green? Yeah, Towns and Green duking it <laughs> two out. Two others? The last spot. Um, yeah, Commerce, Washington, Wilkes, and Lincoln will be the contenders. Um, we know what we got coming back in Commerce. We'll talk about us a little later in the show, too. Uh, Washington, Wilkes returns Dalen Cobb, who was the uh, player of the year last year in the region. Uh, great athlete, great quarterback. Uh, we saw how effective he could be in the first half against Commerce last year. Kind of adjusted and shut him down in the second half. But, man, that guy is good. Uh, then Lincoln, I think Lincoln will be improved as well. They only won seven last year, but I expect them to win more, especially with the addition of Trey Huff. Mm-hmm. Um, that one hits a little close to home. We loved watching Trey as a Tiger last year, but he'll be a Red Devil this season and uh, making some noise in Region 8A public. Uh, then you got your dark horse. You brought up a dark horse. That's that social circle in this region. Um, we went down to Social Circle and watched a pretty good ball game between our Tigers and the uh, Social Circle team last year. And it's, we talked about this before the show, but it, it is going to be a lot of the same. I think Social is going to be a similar team. Right. I, their, their non-region schedule to start is pretty Brutal. tough. Like it, it's a tough, yeah. tough go. Um, so they they may be one and four, one and you know, zero oh and five, whatever, to start the region, but. If if those games are even you know remotely close, some of the ones that they're in, look out. I mean, yeah. what, and I think they I think they start with Towns and Green before they get to to us, right? So um, that may that they may actually start with Washington, Wilkes, and Lincoln. I can't I can't remember. I, can't I know remember they're either. the first half of their schedule is brutal, so their record may not exactly indicate how good they are. Right, they were a great five win team last season. Um, so contenders, Commerce, Washington, Wilkes, Lincoln, and Social is a dark horse. If you have to, I mean, obviously, I, I think if we're having to pick the the favorite, the contender, Washington, Wilkes. Probably so, just because of what they return and how strong they ended yeah. this season. I mean, if it's that if it's that close between three teams, you you, you kind of pick the best player, and right. Dalen Cobb's gonna be the best player in the region right. this year. Top 100 um, in his class in the state of Georgia this season. Yeah. So uh, next segment, 
kind of piggybacking on that one, but we're going to do over-unders. Uh, if you want to keep up with this as you're listening, pick your over-unders. Um, please feel free to do so. But we, we're going to start. This is uh, just kind of order of, I guess maybe teams that we cover really closely mm-hmm. and then teams that we also have interest in covering. So yeah. I'll, this will be quick, maybe a little bit of rapid fire. I'll get your answer on the over-under. Uh, I'll, I'll say how many they won last year. They're o- the over-under that I set this year, I'm Vegas. <laughs> That's right, all you listeners out there. Beat, beat me. See if you can beat these numbers. Uh, let's get started with Jefferson. Last year, 12 wins, including playoffs. Right. But the over-unders are only going to be regular season. Right. Their over-under mark that I'm setting for them, regular season, is nine and a half. Wins. So I think it's also important to say they had two COVID cancellations last year in the regular season. They played in the state championship game, so mm-hmm. that could have been 14-1. and one. Yeah. Um, so nine, 9.5 is the over-under. I'll, I'll take the over. Ooh. I want them to get that, undefeated. They'll go undefeated. Okay. East Jackson, they had one win last year. Over-under, two and a half this year. Under. Uh, they just beat Banks. Jackson County, four wins last year. Their over-under is five and a half this year. This is a tough one because I think that Jackson County improves, but I don't see them picking up six wins. Okay. They may get to that fifth win this season. Banks County, one win last year. I swear I'm not doing this to be mean. Their over-under is .5. I listen, I looked at their schedule, and I, did, I was fair with everybody. I was fair with Commerce. So Banks County, they had one win last year. Their over-under is .5. I'm taking the under. Oh my! God. I, I think they lose to Lumpkin. They picked up. They picked up one win last year against Lumpkin County, who is having a down season. Uh, Listen, they may be. I've already Commerce. made. The, I've already made the proclamation to many, many people that if if Banks County comes to Commerce and wins Game One, we're not doing this show anymore. Burn it you, down. You'll never hear from us again. That is a promise. <laughs> it's over. Like if you got one of our shirts, shout out to our shirts. We got two left. Uh, a medium and a large. Buy one if you want. Uh, Coach Savage did, so you should too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if they come to Commerce and win, we're done. So those shirts will be those shirts will be worth even more because we'll never make any other piece of merch ever. A rarity. Um, okay, so you like to under? I, I'm going to give them one somehow. Okay. Um, Mad Cow. They had three wins last year. Over unders two and a half. I know which way you're going. Over, of course, just because Franklin County seven wins last year. Let's do uh, the over unders four and a half. Uh, this is a tough one. You don't know how much impact Coach Sutherland had on the team and what they returned. Man, it seemed like he was he, he, he had brought some the sauce going. last year. He had some things going. Um, I think they still win, they win five games. I'll take okay. the over. Clark Central they had eight wins last year. Let's over under is seven and a half. I'll take the over. Oh, okay. Wow. That would if they if they win eight games on that is a great year. I think that I think they'll do it. Cedar Shoals, two wins last year, over under this year's two and a half. Under. I think they they win the same two. Okay. Maybe. Uh round out, we'll round out with region eight A private and hit three schools in that region. Let's do Athens Academy. They had nine wins last year, over under seven and a half. Uh, over. I think they get eight at least. Okay. Prince Avenue's uh, great year last year, 13 wins. They're over under seven and a half regular season wins. 
I also think they get eight, at least. Athens Christian, five wins last year. Their over-under is six and a half this year. Um, So, I like Athens Christian as a team. I think they'll be stout. One of my old coworkers at Connor's son, uh, old coworkers James Bonner, his son plays center on the team. I think they'll win more than five games, but I don't know if they win seven. So, I'm going to take the under. Outside of this area, schools of interest, Lincoln County had seven wins last year, putting their over-under at seven and a half. Over. Washington Wilts, nine wins last year, including a good playoff run. Their over-under is eight and a half regular season wins. This one's a toughie. I, I say I say over. Wow. <laughs> That'd be a great if they, if they the man look out. If they win nine nine or ten games, they might win some they might some win ser- they might win some serious games in the playoffs. So circle five wins last year, let's put them at four and a half again. I'll take they got a over. tough schedule. I'll take over. Towns County three wins last year. Um, big guy's gone. McTaggart. McTaggart's gone. They won three last year. Their over-under this year is back to one and a half. I take the under. I think they win one game. Green County won one last year. Their over-under is one and a half. I think Green may pick up more than that, more than just one. I'll go over. George Walton won three. They had six forfeits <laughs> last year. Their over-under is five and a half. I'll take over. Union County had four wins last year. Their over-under is four and a half. Um, Union's won, just, I don't know about, I'll, I'll take over. I'll say they get five wins. Okay. Elbert County, they had three wins last year. Their over-under is four and a half. They got an interesting schedule. Um. I don't know what they return. I'll, I'll take the under on four and a half. They they win four games. Okay. Raven County, they had 12 wins last year. That's including the state playoffs. Their over-under for the regular season this year is seven and a half. So you hear that number from Raven. It sounds low. It does sound low, especially given they were, they were picked as one of the top 25 overall schools in the state of Georgia today that came out. But we'll, they have a brutal we'll, schedule. We'll get into their schedule. Let's – Let's hold off on the schedule talk because we got to, we got at least two games of theirs we'll talk about pre in depth. Yeah, in just a second. I'm taking under. You're gonna take the under, okay? That oh man, they, seven's probably what you're thinking. I'm thinking okay. seven. Hart County they won three last year, a lot of close ones, uh, but their over unders five and a half this year. I loved Hart County coming out of 2019. If you if you recall, they made a quarterfinals run. It's kind of unexpected. Won ten games. Um, and last year it just kind of fell flat. They lost three games by less than a score. Um, so I, I like the over here for, for Hart County. Stevens County won five last year. Their over-under is five and a half this year. I'll take over. I think Stephen improves. Okay. Oconee County won 12, including the playoff run. Uh, again, uh, I think they got another strong team. Their over-under is going to be eight and a half. Over. I think they get at least nine. North Oconee won five last year, and their over-under is five and a half this year. Again, I, I'm not, I don't know where they're picking up these wins, but I, I think North Oconee is going to be improved. I think they get six. Okay. Over. White County, they won seven last year. This was one of our darling darling <laughs> teams to follow. White but they year. don't have the same firepower this year. I'm going to take them back down to five and a half as their over-under. I'll, I'll take under. Five and a half. Uh, yeah, I think they'll probably 
fall back a little bit this year. Haversham Central, six wins last year. Over-unders five and a half this year. Um, I'll take the under. Under big, five and a half. Big bug just landed on my computer. This thing's... This is that that was a Madison County go getter is what that was. <laughs> Gainesville six wins last year over under six and a half this year. Over I I think if you look at Gainesville they're a lot like White County was last year. They they had uh, some close games. Um, I I like over six six and a half seven wins at least for them. Buford thirteen wins last year including the state championship. They are the best team in the state in my yeah. opinion this year. They have eight of the top 100 seniors in the class of Georgia, all on the same team. Um, their over-under is nine and a half. I mean, you can't go any higher, the same as Jefferson. So, I'll, I'll take the over. I, I like anybody, them to go Everybody's going to take the over with Jefferson and Buford. So. Did we do Winder Barra? I should have just said it at ten, honestly. Yeah, five, uh, five wins, Winder Barra, over-under four and a half. Under. I'll take the under on Winder Barra. To Buford's – and I talked about. I wish we. I wish I would have saved this for the pod because you didn't know the answer to it. Yeah. And no one's going to know the answer to no. it. But the question is, who is the, who has the second most players, the second most seniors in the top one hundred in Georgia? Raven Gap would be that school. Up there next to the Dillard House. Raven Gap. Of course, they play in the North Carolina. Independent, league. private, whatever league. They won last year, I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah, they had a good season. I don't know if they So won. they have five of the top 100 seniors in Georgia, um, which is insane. <laughs> so They also go to school at a really cool-looking school. Yeah. <laughs> Raven County. Do you, do you, is, that's the school with the, with the big – That sits up on the hill. The hill, right? Yeah. I don't know if this is true because I was a kid. And – you know, but yeah, dad, dad, and like Keith Whitfield, they always like just tell tall tales. But apparently, there was a uh, like it snowed or something, uh-huh. and they were sledding down that hill, and some like somebody like broke their neck on it. Like one of the students like broke their neck oh, and came to the bottom. It's, it's like, a steep fall. hill. Oh, it's huge. It's like a foot hill. I mean, if you've ever seen it, it's up there on the left, just across from the literally, literally across from the right. It's a house. picturesque place. It's very nice, but it's I could see how it could happen. But I don't know if they were just kind of giving me that like hey, let's, let's, <laughs> let's mess let's around. Let's mess around. Huh? <laughs> see, you shouldn't be sledding down them hills, boy. <laughs> but anyways, um, is Red. Is Raven County the best team in Raven County? I, Raven, Does that need to be settled somewhere? They need to get. I was together. thinking about. <laughs> I was and I was actually working in Raven County today, so I was driving through Tiger, and I was like, "Man, I, I drove past this." Tiger just kind of sits down. It's not really. It's in the hills, but there, it is like on a little flatter spot, mm-hmm. and there's like a little field in town. And it's not. It's not for anything, but it's just a bunch of grass. And I was sitting there thinking, like. I wonder if Raven Gap and Raven County ever meet, like on that feel like in the Sandlot. They come riding their bikes up, you know. <laughs> the music starts playing. Um, see who's the real, the, you know. See who who's really who. Owns. Who would be who in the Sandlot? I think Raven County would be like the heroes. Yeah, I think it'd be yeah. being a jet would be that like would Gus Gunner Stockton, yeah, and then the, the Raven Gap or the other guys. Yeah. I feel Barold is probably uh, what's his name. The can we make that game happen? That can can like somehow the Potluck Podcast sponsor that? I yeah. would. I mean, we could take some of our T-shirt money and throw it out there. At, uh, all Coach Shaw, all thir- all thirty dollars <laughs> that we've already invested hey, into, we'll, into we'll the buy, booster club. We'll buy you guys uh, some we got, hamburgers. We'll have to make about. 
60 more shirts shirts for, <laughs> to, to, to get that to get that booster club money going uh-huh. um so yeah I, I just i think it's funny that that raven gap is is that good is a good school. i wish they would play um it would be that cool would be, that would be home and funny. home that would be awesome raven county raven gap or, or just play in the middle somewhere in clayton there's gotta be some, play out in front of universal joint play in the streets they need to play on the top of black rock mountain yeah that would actually be way that better. would be awesome we should facilitate. So that's our over unders. <laughs> uh, we maybe maybe we could post these. I'll I'll save these, and uh, maybe like post them as a picture or something. That yeah. way everybody has them if they want to look at them and see how, see how we do. Uh, you pretty much selected all yours. I'll need to select mine. Yeah. Um, I don't know on the house though. I feel like I probably shouldn't select. Let's move into top five area games of the year. Before we do that. Let's pause for station identification. You're listening to the Potluck Podcast. <laughs> and we're back. Yeah, we, we don't have any station identification, <laughs> but I, I thought that sounded really good. It did. It uh, we, we, are, we, we are a pirate radio station here, so we don't, we don't have anybody to, to, to give, to give, to give a, a station identification to. We don't have like anything that. like that. So We just needed a little break. Yeah. Well, we're not in mid-season form. Hand up. I needed a leak. We're going to do top five area games of the year, and then I'm going to do some uh, statewide games of the year, mm-hmm. and then we're going to do <laughs> – this was your idea. This is a surprise. I, I'm trying to – listen, I'm trying to be nicer, but let's just let's just leave that one for, we'll for when get we to get it. to it. All right. Uh, the top five area games of the year, Sone, go ahead. Uh, the first – The first one's obvious. The first one is obvious. This is the one people have been uh, – Wetting their chops over for a long time now. That we're talking about Raven County and boys from Rayburn coming down here to Jackson County over there to the county seat in Jefferson to take on the Dragons. This is August twentieth. Uh, it's got everything you want in an early season game. There's going to be a playoff like atmosphere. I think they're probably going to sell fifteen thousand tickets to this game. That track will be packed. Uh, there'll be a big talent matchup. You know. If you pay attention to high school football in Northeast Georgia, you know the names. They'll be there. Uh, zero playoff implications to this game. It's it's game number one. Raven County's in eight double A. Jefferson's in eight quad A. So, you ain't, if you lose, you ain't losing much. You just gain an experience. It's kind of like Georgia Clemson. Right. It's a it's a big hot game to wet people's appetite. Right. Um, but if you lose, you ain't have nothing. No. Uh, just pride, um, and these are two proud programs. To uh, to be fair, you know, oh, these yeah. are, over the past fifteen years, you've seen these programs kind of jump from mid tier teams in Northeast Georgia to the top of the top. These are two of the best programs here, uh, and and they're led by two UGA commits and future teammates. Uh, that's Malachi Starks and Gunnar Stockton. Uh, Friday game night over there at, at WDUN, Access WDUN, did a big piece on that in their preseason, uh, preseason magazine about Starks and Stockton. Um, so pick up a copy of that. Uh, they've got on their website a bunch of places where you can pick them up. It's free, so you can read about high school football. Uh, but that that's cool. These guys will be playing together, uh, probably both not at quarterback at UGA, but they'll be playing together, and they're, they're going to face off at each other. Um, then you got the other guys. So not only does Jefferson and Raven County have a lot of like big talent, like 
five-star senior talent, but they have five- and four-star talent across the board. Um, with Jefferson on offense, you also have Jordan Perry, uh, who makes some big plays for them at wide receiver. And then uh, a guy we're familiar with, Sammy Brown, uh, former Commerce Tiger, taking his talents to Jefferson. Uh, he'll, he'll be on offense likely and probably playing defense too, along with Caden ba uh, Bailey, son of the famous Georgia Bulldog, uh, Boss Bailey of the Folkestone Baileys. Um, Jefferson's got a lot of talent. Uh, they've got even more players than just those guys. Those are the ones you read about, though. Um, Raven, you know, when you think about Raven, you think this is the Gunner Stockton show, but that's not necessarily the case. Uh, they picked up two players, transfers in the offseason, uh, that, that seemed to be pretty good. Bax, uh, Baxley O'Brien from Flyery Branch, a tight end, and Jaden Gibson, a wide receiver from Dawson County. Those guys come over to become Wildcats. And then uh, a guy who's going to have a big season, in my opinion, running back Lane, Lane Wyndham. Uh, he was a sophomore last year. Shout out to the Wyndham Rewards Program. <laughs> the Wyndham family of hotels. <laughs> they ain't got one of them in Clayton. But, uh, oh, I guarantee you they do. Lane, Lane played a good game against Prince last year. Uh, he had over 1,000 yards rushing on the season. And uh, I think he'll do well as long as as, as well as uh, offensive lineman Barold, a uh, great name in high school football. Uh, also, to note, this will be the the Browns' first games as, as Dragons. Uh, Coach Brown and Sammy will sit up in the red red and blue. Uh, this is such a big occasion for the commerce community and uh, for for that family that we're going to send Joe Sanders over to co cover this one along with another special guest. I don't believe that. Um... I don't think Joe's ever coming back from Italy. So That's true. He is he is probably I, mean, I guess you're talking about he's gonna cover it remotely. So <laughs> well it'll be on T V. I wanted him to uh call in. Obviously there's a huge time difference. He's probably <laughs> awake by now over there. He might be eating breakfast. I'm calling call him. Joe, I ain't got my phone. Where's your phone? It's in it's in my bag. Go get it. I got a low battery. Let's see. This is great. This is Great podcasting. Get my Call him right now on speakerphone. <laughs> this is kind of great. I love talking to Joe on the phone. You're probably about to get rung up with major charges, unless you got an unlimited plan. All right, here we go. Get him on the horn. What time is it over there? I don't know. He's probably enjoying some coffee right now. He's asleep. Joe Sanders is asleep Dude, no on way. vacation. There's no way. It's got to be in the way, like mid-morning right now. Joe sleeps in when he's on vacation. It's still ringing. Joe, answer this phone. I'm about to Google what time is it in Italy. <laughs> if he's asleep right now, call, call forwarded. forwarded well, it's actually 5.30 in the morning, so maybe. <laughs> we should have left a message. Oops. Come on. Uh, I should have, yeah. Well, I wanted to see what the people thought about commerce this year over in Italy. You know, see see if they're fired up about the boys or what. He's or been talking some high school football with them. You can guarantee that. Prediction: Jefferson by fourteen. I'm laying those points. I think Jefferson's going to easily win this game. Yeah, me too. Um, next on my list of best area games is uh, one that we didn't get to see last year, but one that we know about. It's it's a popular game. It's Elbert County at Hart County. Uh, this is also on August twentieth. Uh, like I said, this game returns, this rivalry returns this year after COVID. 
Uh, it was canceled last year because of COVID. Um, this is a huge old Northeast Georgia rivalry. Uh, they these two teams have played every year, or they play every year. Uh, they took a break in '94 and '95 and last year, but it goes all the way back to 1921 when the two schools were Elberton and Hartwell. Um, surprisingly, you know, when I looked up the the school record, when you include Elberton and Hartwell, Elbert County holds the advantage in this series, 51 to 38 and two ties. Um, Hart County's got a strong program, though, and, and they beat the Blue Devils back in 2019, 39-7. Um, how they finished up last year, both of these teams struggled. Uh, Elbert went 3-6, and six, but they hung close with Bremen in the playoffs. They nearly won that game. and uh, But I think they benefit from another year of instruction under Coach uh, Shannon Jarvis and they'll improve on this season. Likewise, Hart County finished three and six. Uh, they lost three close games against good competition by one score. That's White County, Jefferson, and Monroe area. Uh, Hart will be better this year too. And I think they're a little bit too much for, for Elbert. I like Hart by 10. Laying that. You think more? Oh yeah. It is at Hart. Laying those points. Okay. Now these aren't the just for the listeners, these aren't the official lines. No, they haven't way. come out yet. But I would, if it's ten, I'm laying that. Okay. Uh, next up, this is game number three to watch in the area. A big one, Oconee County at Clark Central, September third. This is a culture clash here between big schools in our area, Athens versus Oconee County. So you got Athens, which is really like a larger city, uh, versus its suburb in Oconee County. Uh, this is a growing rivalry. Um, Oconee won last year's contest 24-7. Uh, they went on to finish the regular season undefeated and lost a tough game, a tough game to uh, Pierce County 13-7. Uh, but Clark Central, you know, they weren't too bad either. They finished 8-3 with their only losses coming to o- uh, Oconee, Buford, and Calhoun in the Sweet 16. Uh, my prediction on this one, I like Oconee by seven. I think that's a that's a good line. I'll 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 hold off on on that one. I'll wait till the official before I make my pick. Okay, okay. Um, next up, we got another Athens area rivalry. This is the small school culture class. You got Prince Avenue at Athens Academy on October eighth. This is this is like a civil war between the Republican Party. <laughs> You got like the tax barons, you know, like the the corporate guys at Athens Academy, versus like the religious right oh, at Prince God. Avenue. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're fighting for the soul of the Republican Party here in this game. Um, Athens Academy is going to welcome Prince Avenue to uh, back to Slaughter Field in the 18th edition of the Backyard Brawl. That, what, do they call this? They the call it the brawl? Backyard Brawl. Who who calls it that? I've read that in the paper before. Listen. I don't like the name either. There are some people in West Virginia who would be very upset that there's a, they're th- that these two schools are calling calling this the backyard brawl. I honestly think it should be rebranded as the Civil War of the Republican Party. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I'm putting it out there, guys. The backyard brawl is West Virginia pit. Yeah, that's true. Um, this the only in the official. <laughs> this game's been played consecutively. Consecutively every year since uh, 2006 
when Prince Avenue started playing a varsity schedule. Uh, they met in the playoffs twice, too. Uh, ACADS got nine wins to Prince's eight, but Prince won big last year, 47, or excuse me, 41 to seven in Bogart. Uh, you got John Terrio Holt over there at ACAD, who will be big in the game. And Prince, like we talked about earlier, he's gonna, they're going to be looking for leadership after uh, Brock Vandegrift went to, to UGA and graduated from that school. My prediction, ACAD by one. I'll take Academy if it's, if it's one. Okay. So uh, you should have done, done probably – you probably should have done like four. Four area you, games? You, no, you should have done ACAD by four. That gives them the three for the home field. That's true. And a one point. I'm not Vegas. <laughs> you're Vegas. I'm not Vegas. Well, you know, you're not degenerate. Congratulations. <laughs> don't don't ever get into it. So uh, <laughs> I kind of I kind of stretched here on my last game. Um, I love the fact that we woke Joe up. <laughs> probably <laughs> he forwarded it. He forwarded it. I wish you would have answered it like, Whoa. "Hello, <laughs> what do you want, son?" Uh, yeah, you did. You did stretch this. Jeez, I did. Song. This is this is a three three. Should we sa- should we save this for next week when we do full commerce preview? Yeah, or you want to go ahead and do it now? Let's save it. I'll, I'll I save. like this a lot, but this might fit better next week. Yeah, but we'll save it till next week. Something to look forward to. Yeah. All right. You want to go ahead and talk about the top top five statewide? Yeah, games yeah. I'll, I'll jump right in. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to steal your shine there. But no, it's okay. I think this will fit well next week. Okay. Um. Because that is that. Now just go ahead and talk about it. All right. Now that we're on it. All right. There's um, a there's a three week stretch of the regular season that's going to determine Region Eight A. Yeah. It's, it's the championship gist, it's the gist stretch, of it. and it's the same and it's three, the three weeks. Teams, right. It's the same three weeks as last last right. year. Uh, starts October twenty second. Second between uh, Lincoln County October at twenty seconds and Chicken Link Biscuits. <laughs> chicken link, That's man. what we're about here. <laughs> it's been a struggle. <laughs> got to knock the rust off. Uh, we got Do we? the Red Devils going to the Blue Tigers down there on October twenty second. I think we're very good season for them. <laughs> this is a huge rivalry a over big there rivalry. in uh, East Georgia, Augusta area. I guess you could call it in between Augusta and Athens. That's it, yeah. Um, yeah. Fair. Lincoln o- leads this series overall 34 to 19. But Washington Wilkes holds. And see, it's crazy. That's crazy, too, though. Because if, if you know Lincoln County, yeah. like any team that can beat them like almost Once. half the time <laughs> in their history is like unbelievably good. Right. Like the Converse <laughs> series, Lincoln leads 13 to 5 right. now. Right. Right. Um, so, you know, Washington Wilkes has 19 victories over Lincoln. That's the most of any other program. Uh, there was a classic game that we talked about before back in, in 2005 yeah. when these, these teams met in a rematch in the state title game, and they had to put a, a chain-link fence between the two sides of the stadium so there wasn't fights. Um, Washington Wilkes won a narrow contest last year in Lincoln. Fourteen to thirteen. Can they do it again? We shall see. Prediction: Washington Wilkes by six. That's a good line. It's uh, a good line. That next week, we, as in the Commerce Tigers. Oh, I didn't see this part. <laughs> welcome <laughs> Washington Wilkes into Tiger Field at Rayland Stadium on October 29th. Uh, you know, thinking back on last year, this is one of my favorite games. When I when I go back through the memories, 
we went down to Washington and, and really made a name for ourselves. We had a top 10 matchup and uh, we knocked off the then ranked number eight Blue Tigers with a heroic second half. If you recall, Trey Huff shined in the second half of this game. Sammy Brown had a big night on defense along with Gray Holbrook. Uh, it, was, it was a really complete victory, a game that we won 28-17. Uh, this season, commerce is obviously a little different, uh, but Washington Wilkes is still the same. Uh, the Blue Tigers return All-State star quarterback, Dalen Cobb, who gave Commerce fits last season. Cobb will be the man to stop. Uh, can the Tigers stop him? Can the Tigers get offense rolling? We shall see. Right now. Big I, we shall see, yeah, I, in I, this segment. I, we shall see. Uh, right now, I don't see the Tigers having an answer. Um, prediction, Washington Wilkes by 20. That's hard to say. That's what I laughed at when I was like, whoa, we didn't see that part. Yeah, that one was hard to say. I'm going to take the points in that one. I don't I don't want that to happen, but right now that's the way it looks. Um, last part of this trinity of games, Commerce at Lincoln County, uh, kind of similar to the second round game in the two, 2019 playoffs when we went down there. This time it will be on November 5th. Uh, this is always a big game. We're going to travel down there to Lincolnton and force former Tiger quarterback or face, excuse me, face former Tiger quarterback uh, Trey Huff and his squad, his new squad. Um, it's going to be an emotional game. You know, we won region last year in a tough game. Uh, it's only it's after Coach Brown's resignation uh, and and Trey and his family moving down there. It's only going to mean more. Um, We've only won in Lincolnton once, I believe, back in 2001, 13 to 12. Uh, I, I think the Tigers will pull pull an upset here or, or put up a similar result as that game. I like the Tigers by one. Beat okay. Lincoln County. Okay. So that definitely will be the stretch that kind of determines the whether the season's a success or not, probably. Right. Um, whether it's viewed as a success or not, just like it was last year. But um, I'll move on to statewide games of the year. Uh, I'll try to make it brief. I know we've been long at this point, but, geez. Uh, plus, it's getting super we've late. We've got to preview an entire it's, season. It's getting super late at night at this point. <laughs> I'm starting to get delirious. Um, so here we go. So five games I found this year that I wanted to talk about, just completely outside the coverage area, but we'll be – Really, really good games. We'll start next next week, next Saturday. I believe it's Saturday, mm -hmm. August twenty first. They're playing at Mercer, and that's Valdosta and Warner Robbins. So Prost was fired last year. Our boy, <laughs> uh, the content machine. He's not coaching this fall, unfortunately, for the content. But uh, Valdosta did hire an interim coach, uh, Shelton uh, Shelton Felton. <laughs> what, what? Shelton Felton. What's the that sounds like a Muppet. <laughs> Listen, oh. his name's Shelton Felton. He, he, he's been in coaching a while, and he's, 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 I think it's a good hire. I hope they hire him on kind of full-time, but he's been in the coaching ranks for uh, several years. He got his start at his alma mater at Crisp County back in 2005. He stayed in high school, coaching up until 2016. He went from Crisp to Dooley to Colquitt County. 
and then back to Crisp County as head coach in 2015 and 2016. Um, led the campaign there at Crisp County. Uh, had a very successful couple years before heading to the college ranks at UT Chattanooga. And he further went to Tennessee, and most, re- most frequently he was at Akron um, before heading back to Tennessee. And then now he is a uh, head coach interim for now at Valdosta. I'm not sure if they've named him legit head coach or not, but he's mostly been de- defensive line and linebackers, which is what he played uh, in college. But um, he did coach running backs at Caldwell County under our boy Probst. And uh, he's bounced around a bit, uh, but I think he may find a good home there in Titletown. Uh, that's cool. Like, I, he's very qualified. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's a great he's, coaching he's, history. Is, is he really good? I mean, I don't know why they didn't just hire him straight up. But uh, quick aside, that, by the way, whew, the pros about Austin stuff has been an absolute mess. Nightmare. Um, so, anyways, a quick aside to that, there's a new Netflix series that's coming out on August 27th, and it's about about Austin. So, if you, if you if you want to see Probst coaching in some form or fashion, I'm pretty sure he's going to be featured on that that uh, that Title Town Netflix series. It's going to be like Friday um, Night Lights. I think so. Here. I think so. Yeah. Um, Warner Robins, obviously the defending champions in 5A, but they do have to replace all world quarterback Jalen Addy. We saw him show out in the playoffs like crazy. Their two best linebackers, some of the best in their school history, Demarcus Robinson and Ahmad Walker. Uh, but they do bring back a strong, well-coached team. Um, so under under the radar season opener here uh, with most of the hype coming around Corky Kale and then Raven Jefferson. But I think this one's a good one to keep an eye on. There, There's always so many good games that first there week. There is, yeah. Just because it's like the first football. Right. This one, this one's kind of getting swept, swept under the rug big time. But yeah. I, I think this could be a measuring stick kind of for both these teams, how good they expect to be this year. But – um, next, I got Marist and Blessed Trinity on August 27th, uh, the defending champions in 4A. The Marist War Eagles returned a lot of players on both sides of the ball, especially the stout defense we saw last year. Their head coach, Alan Chadwick, is actually looking for his 400th win, uh, second to only Larry Campbell. He'll be the first coach in Georgia to join Coach Campbell in the 400-win club if things go their way on August 27th, that second week of the of the season. Blessed Trinity made a run into the playoffs in 5A before being outed or ousted by eventual champions Warner Robins that we just talked about. Justice Haynes, mm-hmm. son of? Veron. That's right, Hobnail Boot. He's a name to watch this year. He's a class of 2023 running back uh, and one of the top rated in the nation. Haynes has just over 3,500 yards in his career with two seasons remaining. Some have mentioned Monte's name. Uh, obviously, Monte's long-standing record. Uh, some people have mentioned it may be in remote danger based on his stat lines from last year. Uh, he averaged almost 10 yards a carry. So if they feed him that much over the next two years, he stays injury-free. They get go deep playoff runs. Who knows? Uh, we'll keep an eye on that as the season progresses. It's a long shot, but uh, it has been mentioned. Um, the closest that we've seen in a while because mm-hmm. no one th- no one runs the ball anymore. But right. uh, Blessed Trinity is cer- certainly on the short list of state title contenders there in 5A. Uh, Rock Mart at Cedartown, that's also on August 27th, a big non-region game in northwest Georgia, defending region 7-4A champs, Cedartown. They're hosting cross-county rivals, defending champs 6-AAA. Uh, Rock Mart, thrilling early season uh, battle there. 
in Northwest Georgia. Shout out Northwest Georgia. <laughs> yeah, we got uh, some followers from up there. So last season, the Yellow Jackets defeated the Bulldogs twenty-one to ten at home. Both teams went on to win playoff games. Uh, Cedartown falling in the Elite Eight. We'll see if former Banks County coach Biff Parsons and Rockmark can make it four straight victories over the over the, the Fighting Nick Chubbs there, Cedartown. I'd I'd love to see Biff Parsons' career trajectory like on a chart. Because I yeah. think he was at Franklin County for a little while, somewhere in Hall. And it, Rock Mart's a really good team now. Like He was at some struggling programs. Mm-hmm. But now he's, he's having a lot of success over there. Right. Uh, Raven County at Pierce County. So we did talk about Raven County and Jefferson already. Uncle Solomon took care of that one. But on October 1st, Raven County takes their cabin furniture, shout out to Joe, <laughs> on the road early this year. We talked about it last year, how they're kind of like cabin furniture. Mm-hmm. Really good in the mountains, but sometimes you got to take it out of the mountains and it's like, what is this cabin don't furniture? Match. What is this cabin furniture <laughs> doing here in South Georgia? Uh, we'll see how it stands up just uh, just outside the Okefenokee Swamp down there in Blackshear, Georgia. Uh, Pierce County, of course, the defending state champions in AAA, defeating Oconee County in Atlanta last year, a great overtime game. Uh, every bit of five hours and 30 minutes on a bus mm. from the mountains and the hills of Tiger into the heart of Dead Flat, southeast Georgia. Graham Parsons country down there, pretty close to Waycross. We'll see how they do. Uh, no doubt Rayburn will win <laughs> their region, but uh, I do love what I'm seeing out of their early schedule. They got some real, real tests yeah. uh, before they get into region play. So I think that'll that'll bode well for them in the playoffs. They also play Elka. Yeah. Uh-huh. Correct. Eagles Landing Christian, uh, that'll be a good game too. Uh, I don't think they beat Pierce, and I don't think they beat Elka, but that's just my two cents. Yeah, and then uh, a game that several listeners of, of this of this show will love me <laughs> will love me talking about: Colquitt County and Camden County. So October fifteenth, this is going to be. I'm telling you, this is going to be a huge game down there. You talking about South Georgia seven A football? Yeah, this is it. Uh, Colquitt County, they've won uh, five of the last eight region, won 7A titles. They're the dominant force for the last decade in that tough region in South Georgia. Uh, they're the defending region champions. They made it to the Elite Eight uh, last year in 7A, and they returned a ton of talent. But the real big news in that region this offseason, this offseason is the return of the infamous head coach, Jeff Heron. Uh, he's one of the best coaches in Georgia high school history, 312 and 54 all-time record as a head coach with a SS 85% win percentage. He built Camden uh, into a national powerhouse tw- starting 21 years ago. He won three state three state titles during his tenure. He put out so much talent um, during his tenure, and now he's back. He's trying to do the same thing. They've had some struggles in recent years uh, for the Wildcats down there on the coast. Several players on each side of the ball. Uh, are going to play college ball. Real good running back at, at Camden County. I, I forget his name right now, but um, Coach Heron has mentioned that he's probably the best running back he's ever coached, wow. and he's he's really excited to see him blow up this year. Um, Chris Gilman Stadium just off the I-95 down there in Kingsland. Uh, between the interstate and the naval base, that place will be rocking. It holds 7,400. I bet it'll be standing room only that night. I, um, I still can't take my eyes off that 85% winning percentage. Unbelievable. I mean, uh, he. I walked into, so I walked into their. I've been in their uh, their field house, their weight room, probably uh-huh. like, this is like six or seven years ago. It may have been longer than that. He was still there when I came when I came with a couple of my buddies. And dude, their their weight room, like, well, it's nice, but their 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 record wall, 
the you would not believe the records on that wall. From like his, it's all from his time, pretty much. Yeah. And it's just, it, man, it just goes to show you how important that is. But even like the forty times, there was a there was now obviously this ain't lasered or anything, but there was like a four one seven forty, and the guy did go on. He he competed for the U.S. in track a uh, hundred and two hundred. Holy I forget his name, but it, I think it's still up there. And, and that's one thing that we're proud of at Commerce. Like, you walk into Commerce and you look at the record board, people sometimes take a step back and they're like, I can't believe some of those lifts. Right. But to hear you say that about them, I mean, that's a... Yeah. And he's back. So I, I, that's going to be a game. That, that, that'll, that'll be a good one, I'm telling you. Keep your eye on that one. Yeah. Song, close us out. <laughs> So I want to do a little, little bit of fun stuff here. Uh, you know, potluck podcast. We're, we're a little silly. Uh, sometimes we like to. I'm silly right now. I'm so that. silly. This is like max silliness. People are gonna be listening at this point. If you're still listening, I'm sorry. You get a free shirt. Easy, easy. Except, <laughs> oh, hold on now. I ain't that silly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what we're gonna be talking about here are the bottom five area games of the year. So we've talked about the top five area games of the year and the top five <laughs> state games of the year. We're going to talk about the games you don't want to see. These are the games uh, you don't even... Car. Not even ch- yeah, there you go. These fun. Uh, you might not even want to check the score of these games. Uh, the, f- the first one we got, uh, two, two schools that we love to hate uh, in an enduring way. Banks County at East Jackson on September 3rd. Yes, sir. This game right here, this is a low-key rivalry. This is the melee for Maysville. This, this, could, this could be fault right on the tracks, right outside the post office where I work. Uh, East Jackson has won 6 of 11 in this young series, which started back in 2008. Uh, and last year, the Eagles beat the Leopards 23-22, to 22, just barely, in Homer. This year, I like uh, East Jackson by three. Next, uh, we have some familiar teams to the show. These are eight single-A public schools, so foes for the Tigers. Towns County at Green County. Uh, This is a mid-October game on the 22nd. Talk about a drive. So you got to go all the way from Hiawassee down to Greensboro. That's 133 miles. Towns might need to find a place to stay overnight on Lake Oconee because that that's a haul. Uh, on the, the gridiron last year, these teams filled it, or they had very small teams, like less than 20 people on each, teams, or each team. Uh, they combined for a 4-4 four and four record overall. Uh, Towns won three of those four wins out of the 4-14 four record. Uh, but they relied heavily on running back Kyle Oates and Jake McTaggart. Uh, Oates graduated and McTaggart transferred back to North Carolina. Um, We like a rebound for for Green County here at home. Prediction Green by 13. Um, Next up, we got Chester T at Madison County. Uh, Had to get the Red Raiders in there uh, on October 15th. Last year, both of these squads missed the playoffs. Chesapeake went winless. Uh, Madison County picked up just three wins after that breakout Elite Eight run in yeah. 2019. That was still blows my mind. Uh, I, I almost went and bought a Madison County shirt during that time. Uh, 
We like both of these teams to improve this season, but we like the Red Raiders more. Oh, I, to take we off that. I like the Red Raiders more. Uh, prediction, Madison County by 21. Uh, you just, you, man, I'll tell you what. Madison County is going to be hanging out. I think we will be hanging on to that 2019 run forever. <laughs> it's like, well, that, you know, this is going to be 20, it's going to be 2039. It's like, well, it hadn't been, it hadn't been that long. Remember 20 years ago, we had that run. You never know. I'm surprised, coming. I'm surprised it didn't get put up in Gina Bell's Isle yeah, restaurant. It probably is. Wall. Probably is. Uh, Mount Perrin at Commerce. We had to get our Tigers in here on the bottom game. Uh, you know, sometimes Commerce plays some games that ain't many people show up for. And this will be one of them on September 24th. Uh, this was the only game last year neither of us could attend. Uh, we did win it big, 41-9, to but it's got added intrigue now. Uh, Mount Perrin is North Cobb Christian's biggest rival. That's the place where uh, Coach Hollers came from, from North Cobb Christian to Commerce. Uh, he might care about this one a little bit more than the average person in Rayland Stadium that night. Prediction, we like Commerce by two scores, 14. Uh, lastly, we got Banks County. You put Banks County on here twice. Well. Oh, you're messed up, Song. Nobody likes to watch those games. <laughs> Banks County versus Riverside. Uh, Region 8AA is weird. There's only five teams, and one of them's Raven County. Uh, they're they're going to win that region, as we've already talked about, and everybody else is fighting for playoff seeding. Union and Elbert, they're probably going to finish second and third. You know, you can pick which one. And then Banks and Riverside will duke it out for the fourth seed. Um, we like Banks missing the playoff this year, despite Riverside not taking a snap of football practice or a game in 2020 because of COVID. We still like them to beat the Leopards, Riverside by three. I don't know, man. I, I think you're kind of sleeping on Riverside a little bit. You think Riverside's going to beat them by more than that? I think I'd, I'd lay the points there. But you, you never – with Riverside, you never you know. Never because they it's beat Commerce in 19. I mean, right. You never know what you're going to have. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they came out and, like, were clearly the second-best team in the region. Right. At the same time, they could be fourth-best, too. Yeah. Whew. That's a that marathon. Was a, that was a marathon there. Um Gosh, if you're still listening, man, we'll buy Congrats. you a beer at some point in time. <laughs> at some point in the future, we'll buy you at a beer. At the Duck. Uh, at the Strange Duck. we got to get out there and record at Strange Duck pretty soon. Got to get Drake a shirt. Got to. Got to get that to him. Well, this has been the mega preview from the Potluck Podcast. We yes, hope sir. you enjoyed. Please subscribe, like, rate, review. Follow us on Twitter. Buy a shirt. We'll see you soon.